This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's Frank Morano. I like about the holiday they call President's Day is because it's an opportunity to look at presidential history. One of the things I did, if you didn't get to hear yesterday's show, was we played a little presidential trivia, which is just, I I find it so much fun. And I I found myself, uh, different people were emailing me presidential trivia questions. Jeffrey Lyons sent me, I think, 20 Really interesting presidential trivia questions. Some of them pertain just to him because he's led such an interesting life. But a lot of people were sending me different presidential trivia questions. Some I knew, some I didn't. And it causes me to go down this rabbit hole and just spend, I I didn't have the time yesterday, but if I was left to my own devices, I would spend hours just researching presidential history and researching primary sources, secondary sources, commentary on the primary sources. I'm just so into it. I'm such a geek with this stuff. I don't pretend to be an expert at all. I'm not an expert. I'm just somebody that has an interest in this stuff. So one of the things they usually do every President's Day is what they did yesterday. They release a presidential historian's survey ranking where all the presidents come down. And in this new survey that was released yesterday, they ranked President Biden for the first time as the 14th best president in American history, and they put former President Trump last. Now, before I tell you more about this survey, I will just say that I don't believe Trump or Biden or Obama, for that matter, who ranked seventh on this list. I don't believe Trump, Biden, or Obama should appear on this list at all. Not because they were the greatest presidents or the worst. I think they're too recent. And especially in the case of Biden, he's the president now. I think if you're, you can't view history through the same prism as current events. So I enjoy chatting about presidential competency and the presidency and you know a lot of times i'll end up at a bar or a party and this subject will come up and somebody will ask me hey who's the best president of all time or who's the worst president of all time and i'll give my answers but i always give the disclaimer i'll answer your question but i don't believe you can rank any president that's been president for the last 20 to 25 years because i think that two things occur One, we know how George Washington's decisions played out, right? We know the impact of his presidency on everybody that came after him. We know largely how Abraham Lincoln's decisions played out. We saw what happened 10 years after he made those decisions, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. We saw the impact of those decisions on American history. 
when it comes to recent presidents, there is no way to know what the impact the decisions they're making will have. I think maybe now we're at the point, because it's been 25 years since he was president, where you can evaluate Bill Clinton's presidency fairly and through the prism of history. But I think, honestly, anything more recent than 25 years, you're not reviewing history. You're reviewing current events, and you're using the uh, you're using these historical rankings to place modern-day politicians on the same plane as people like FDR and John F. Kennedy and Lyndon Johnson, and it just makes no sense to do that. So I go, I always get very upset whenever these lists include any modern president, and it could be presidents that I like or presidents that I, I dislike. So this tally came from 154 presidential specialists who are current and recent members of the American Political Science Association. Now, I looked up the American Political Science Association. I figured, what is it? It looks like it's an organization that just about anybody can join. So I, I, I think you just have to pay. I wasn't going to pay because, you know, I'm a little, little short on cash at the moment. But I don't know how they picked 154 presidential scholars to survey based on the based on their membership in this organization. So I don't know how these presidential scholars were confirmed. I'd like to do my own survey of presidential scholars. I'd like to take 30, and maybe I'll do this, maybe for next year. I'd like to take, you know, 30 or 40 historians that I really respect, people like uh, Lindsey Shravinsky, who was on this program yesterday, people like David Pietruzza and others, and... Get them to rank who they think is the best and who they think is the worst. Anyway, this tally came from 154 presidential specialists who are current and recent members of this American Political Science Association. And they were asked to give every president a score from zero to 100. Who do you think topped the list? Guy who frequently tops many of these lists. I don't agree with this at all. But um, the guy that topped the list with an average score of 95, was Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, 95. President Biden scored an average of 62.66, putting him two spots above Ronald Reagan. President Trump averaged just 11 points. What was interesting about this survey is they, you know, they asked people if you're the historian ranking, if you're Democrat or Republican, And the Republican historians actually gave much higher marks to Bill Clinton than the Democratic historians did. Isn't that interesting? So Lincoln was number one, FDR was number two, and George Washington was number three. I have to say, how is George Washington not number one on every list? Now, not to repeat everything that I talked about with Lindsey Shervinsky yesterday. But without George Washington, the whole idea of presidents serving two terms wouldn't exist. The whole idea of a cabinet probably wouldn't exist. I don't even know, I mean, if if we would have made it this far without his example of voluntarily leaving power and the peaceful transition of power, which was a a relatively new concept among republics and democracies at the time, which, by the way, the whole concept of 
non-ancient republics was a relatively new concept back in the 1780s. So I, I don't know how you don't put Washington number one. I, I have, I have um, admittedly out-of-the-box views when it comes to Lincoln. I recognize um, people give high marks to Lincoln for preserving the Union and for his role in winning the Civil War, which led to the end of slavery. But I have a tough time squaring that with doing away with habeas corpus, with um, jailing newspaper editors, um, and you know, basically doing taking a shredder to the Bill of Rights. To me, I, and I recognize, you know, the good there's good and bad with every president, but I, I think that's got to count against you. I would not be giving him a score of ninety five. I'll tell you that. At what point, you know, when you're president, you take an oath to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution. When you're basically crossing out items in the Bill of Rights that you don't want to enforce or you don't want to respect, I really don't know how you can rank as the greatest president in history when, in my view, it's a clear violation of your oath. But my views on Lincoln are in the not just the minority, the ultra, ultra minority. So I'm aware of that. I have no interest in debating Lincoln's legacy with you. Uh Theodore Roosevelt was number four. Thomas Jefferson was number five. Harry Truman was number six. And and honestly, and, and I'm not an Obama basher like a lot of people on the radio, but President Obama was number seven. Okay, how can President Obama be number seven? Of all 45 individuals that have been president, how can Obama be seventh? Really? I mean, really? Uh, whether it's on the foreign stage where, you know... I think you'd have to give him very low marks for his handling of ISIS. I think you'd have to give him very low marks for his handling of Afghanistan. I think you'd have to give him very low marks for his handling of Libya. How can he be? And then on the domestic front, I mean, I I don't know. His signature accomplishment was Obamacare, which was largely eviscerated by his successor. So I'm not saying he should be in the bottom five or anything like that. How do you rank him as the seventh greatest president in history over people like General Eisenhower? I mean, to me, it's just absurd. Absolutely absurd. But whatever. Um, Eisenhower was number eight. Lyndon Johnson was number nine. And John F. Kennedy was uh, number 10. So there you go. You uh, can check out the the rankings for yourself. I'm going to link to them if you want to check them out on uh, my Facebook page. You can see where all 45 presidents ranked. I think this is a, a list that, um, you know, look, they say opinions are not worth the paper they're printed on. I think this is a bizarre ranking for a whole bunch of reasons. All right. Uh, oh, posts that look like spam, according to our community guidelines, are blocked on Facebook and can't be edited. So I tried to link to this thing, and it says it looks like spam. Well, it's not spam. All right. Well, I'll, I'll share an article on it, and if you want to go and um, link to it yourself or examine the results yourself, be, by all means, check it out. Hey, um, I'm going to get to your calls in a moment. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. However, lastly, on the presidential history front, two of the people that I just mentioned were in the news yesterday. 
President Biden, number 14 on the list, and President Lincoln, number one on the list. This is really interesting. I love stories like this. We learned yesterday, at least I learned, as reported by the Washington Post, that President Biden's great-great-grandfather received a pardon from President Lincoln, according to newly discovered documents in the National Archives. Biden's relative, his great-great-grandfather, Moses J. Robinette, isn't that interesting? Because Biden's, President Biden's middle name is Robinette. So clearly he was named for this family name years ago. But anyway, Biden's ancestor, Moses J. Robinette, got into a fight with another Union Army civilian employee while camped along the uh, along the Rappahannock River, uh, Rappahannock River, excuse me, near Beverly Ford, Virginia, as the Civil War raged on on March 12, 1864, according to documents reviewed by the Washington Post. The fight left the other man, John J. Alexander, bleeding from knife wounds, and Robinette, Biden's great-great-grandfather, was charged with attempted murder and was incarcerated near Florida. Three of Robinette's friends were officers in the Union Army, and they petitioned Lincoln directly to overturn the sentence. They argued that Robinette's sentence was overly harsh for defending himself and cutting with a pen a penknife a teamster much his superior in strength and size, all under the impulse of the excitement of the moment. They went on to say that Robinette was a true and faithful supporter of the Union and had opposed traitors and their schemes to destroy the government. Um, this is what they wrote to President Lincoln. Think of his motherless daughters and sons at home, praying for your interposition in behalf of the unfortunate father and distressed family of loved children, union daughters, and union sons. The petition first arrived at the desk of West Virginia Senator Waitman Willie, who endorsed it and sent the request along to the White House. And after a presidential review of the case, Lincoln agreed with the request and pardoned Robinette. And he was pardoned September 1st, 1864. And isn't that interesting? He went on, this gentleman that was pardoned, he went on to live until 1903, lived another 40 years. Can you imagine how different life would have been and how different history would have been if Lincoln hadn't pardoned him? Who knows? Who knows what that led to on the part of how he raised his daughters, not being in jail. These daughters might have ended up, uh, I don't know, in orphanages somewhere. And uh, Biden's other ancestors, his great-grandfather, his grandfather, might never have existed or might have been different people. I, I just love that, how when you look at American history or any kind of history, one decision going in a different direction could change the course of everything. You know, when we, you, you study time travel and paradoxes, they call that the butterfly effect. But uh, now I guess we see why Biden likes Lincoln so much. You go to the Biden White House these days, there's busts of Lincoln, there's portraits of Lincoln. Lincoln's all over the place. Now we see why. Apparently, uh, Biden did not, the White House did not comment as to whether or not Biden was aware of this incident in his family history. I would think he'd have to be. 
Honestly, I would think somebody told him about it, if not before he was president or vice president, at some point along the line. I'd think so. All right, 800-848-9222. We're going to go read through your mail correspondence. You can email me, frank.morano at redappleaudionetworks.com. Let me begin with Linda on Long Island. Hi, Linda. Hi, Frank. I was really impressed tonight. That interview was really good. I was I had heard him, you know, in the past, and I'm conservative, but not crazy conservative. Um, but I didn't like him at all. I I didn't agree with anything he said in the past. Tonight, I was shocked. I mean, I, I uh, is there a way? You know, you could contact, you can speak to him naturally. Could you ask him why? Does it, it would be a good idea. He's a good lawyer. How about he calls, um, contacts, um, you know, the Trump uh, people and um, take the um, uh, that ridiculous, um, what's her name again, Fanny, 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 Fanny um, suit in uh, Georgia. And why doesn't he do it? Well, he, he would do a good job. Well, I mean, Jeffrey is a great lawyer, but there's one thing yeah. I can tell you about Jeffrey, and I've known many of his clients over the years. The one thing that Jeffrey likes more than anything in a client is one that pays his bills. And, um, you know, President Trump, honestly, doesn't have the best track record of paying his lawyers. So I can tell you, knowing where Jeffrey is on that and knowing where President Trump is, I don't think I don't see any scenario in which that happens. And as you heard him, he has a very strong personal dislike for Trump. So I don't see Trump um, hiring somebody that has been so outspoken about not liking him. But I'm glad you enjoyed the interview, Linda. Thank you. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Joe is in the Queens. Hi, Joe. Yeah, Frank, I have three things to say. First, you can make an argument. Yeah, yeah, quickly. Uh, You can make an argument that Lincoln of the first 35 was the worst president, based on results and and what he did. Uh, I could make an argument at length for that. So I agree with you on that. On the interview, very enjoyable listen, very fun guy to listen to. But one thing he said about he could have got $10 million in the case, meaning it was a better article are arguable for Trump, uh, but that case, nobody has been assaulted in any department store by anybody in the history of Manhattan. Yes, clubs, yes, bars. Uh, you know that's you know that's an indication of just how corrupt the courts are that that held through any court system in Manhattan, and then. The idea that either Biden or Trump, I would handicap the chance of Biden being on the ballot at zero percent in November, Trump at ten percent. Really? You know, as yeah. How come? Yeah, I'm I would, curious. I mean, I, look, I, well, I, well, I, I understand I the Biden that. front, but uh, why on the Trump front only ten percent? Uh, I just think there's so many different factors working against him. I think they're just going to come in with another candidate. You know. Uh, there's just so many. Uh, I mean, you know, he's he is elderly. You know, you can't assume anybody elderly is going to not come up with a health problem. Hey, hey Joe, let's say your let's say your prediction comes to fruition. Who do you see the Democrats picking? Who do you see the Republicans picking? Uh, I don't see anybody in a Democratic group that of the names. I think Newsom is uh, cannot do it. I, I don't know. I think Michelle Obama is ridiculous. So. Uh, Republicans, they could come back with DeSantis or someone, or someone like that. I would say 
much more of a chance that of DeSantis than uh, than Trump. I, I would only really. Think 10%. I, I'm blown yeah. away by that. You know, Joe, you you can bet on this, and if that if that happens, you can make a lot of money by not wagering a lot. You can go on online and uh, place a bet that DeSantis would be the nominee, and I get I would guess you would be able to get very good odds on that right now. Okay, but I think the odds makers, uh, if if they have Trump more than ten percent, they're completely wrong. I'm just saying for the betting public, you know how they bet everything, Frank. Now, you know every little nook and cranny. Yeah, I, I do indeed, Joe. Joe, thank you. Appreciate okay. that. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Tyrone is in the boogie down Bronx. Hi, Tyrone. Hi, Frank. Frank, uh, two quick things. One. When Jeffrey was talking about uh, 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 Clinton perjuring himself, he did not perjure himself. I'm surprised at Jeffrey. What he said was, I did not have intercourse with that woman. He did copulate with her from the standpoint of uh, ratio. Right. Well, so, uh, Tyrone, I I have very little interest in relitigating a case from 30 years ago. But, 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 yeah, no, but. I think um, you know the when he was he was disbarred for a time in in Arkansas, even though he'd been the attorney general there. And part of the reason that he was disbarred was because they found that he had perjured himself in those comments. So I mean, again, it's we're, we're now going back thirty years. I, I don't okay. have much of an interest in in okay. extending the conversation. But what else did you want to add? Point. One other quick point. Sure. The other the other quick point is Lincoln. And, uh, and George Washington. Lincoln did not have slaves. That's the reason they did not make George Washington number one. He should have been number one, but he held slaves, human lives. That's why they didn't make him number one. That's my theory. You know, I think you might be right, uh, actually, Tyrone. I, I think we are now viewing, and I think this is a shame, honestly, people that lived hundreds of years ago, Washington, Lincoln included, it through the prism of what's appropriate conduct in the 21st century. And I think you're right. I think a lot of historians did hold that against Washington. The fact that he, that he owned slaves. I think you, that's a good point, Tyrone. I'm glad you raised that. 800-848-9222. Frankie is in Highlands. Hello, Frankie. Yeah, you're, it's intriguing. I mean, uh, just about, uh, uh, about, um, Biden, uh, being, uh, related. Uh, like that to somebody who was pardoned. Um, uh, I want to just uh, say that um, your interview was great, except that Hamas is absolutely looked at by humanity as like Hitler or Nazis, and they've got to be plucked out. They've got to be destroyed. But at the same time, there are a lot of Palestinians and there's a lot of human beings that love the Jews. That they're not anti-Semitic, but they're controlled of course, yeah. to a point where they can't admit that because they are uh, victims of Hamas. And so uh, we've got to separate. We've got to. The only uh, real solution here for the world is to call for peace. For, for, to stop it, and then diplomacy, and then we have the ability today to to actually track down these people without killing all these other, without destroying Gaza, without 
you know, and we can have two states, but not led by Hamas, and we can free the Palestinians. Well, uh, yeah, I'm listening to you, Frank. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I I think it's a, a good point that you raise about a lot of Palestinians and a lot of Arabs living within Israel not sharing the uh, hateful views of Hamas. You know, I speak I speak about this with Noam Laden a great deal off the air because he has family that still lives in Israel, immediate family. And, you know, he talks about how still a lot of Arabs living in Israel work with and side by side with Jewish people in Israel. And I, I don't think you could say that most of those people – adhere to the hateful views of Hamas. But look, it's a it's a complicated situation, and I think people on both sides of the equation that try to oversimplify it, I, I think sometimes that doesn't necessarily pay the proper nuance that a situation like this, meaning the complicated Middle East situation, needs. Right. I, I think it is a nuanced situation. It's a complicated situation. It's a re there's a reason that it's been going on for uh, since 1947, even before. Right. So if it was something that was easily solved, it would have been right. It's not. It's not. And I, I think people that act like it's an easy solution, they, they do the argument a, a bit of a disservice. But it's neither here nor there. All right. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. We're going to go through your mail correspondence in a bit. You know, they're a little late going to the P.O. box. So if you've sent me something through the snail mail, I have not yet received it. But uh, I will go through the email correspondence and some of your text correspondence as well. If you ever want to text me, you can do so. 8168-MORANO. All right, we'll go through your mail straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Another song that was in the top 10 of the Billboard Top 10 this week in 1987. And it was on this day in 1987 that my friend uh, Carmine Raimondi was born. He's now a big shot over at the New York City Parks Department and a a great guy. And uh, I'm glad that he was born. And it is a pleasure to have him as a friend, anybody that runs into Carmine Ramondi today uh, over at the Parks Department, be sure to tell him hello and happy birthday. Okay, uh, 
We'll go through the mail in just a moment. However, first, we have a very large, I'm very proud of this, a very large listenership inside jails and prisons. There are people listening to us right now that are incarcerated, and I'm very, very pleased to have such a large listenership among the incarcerated because it's great to have a captive audience. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, so anyway, if you I, – I got two emails over the weekend, one indicating that an inmate who honestly I forgot that I was in touch with removed me from the approved email list that I was on for him, Core Links. And this was uh, kind of a high-profile inmate. I'm not going to say who he, who he was. But I think what might have happened, because this fella is still in prison, he was not released – I think what might have happened is, you know, when I get an email, if you email me at frank.morano at redappleaudionetworks.com or on my personal email, I see it. It pops right up there in my email box. And as I go through my email, which I do every day, I see your email and I'll read it and presumably respond to it. What happens with core links is you have to remember to check it. And I guess for this particular inmate, I did not have notifications checked on so that I would get a notification every time that he wrote me. So I bet you what happened is this fellow has been emailing me for months and I just haven't logged on to core links. And the first reminder that I had that I was in touch with this fella was when I got the email notification. So-and-so has removed you from his approved email list. So if that's the reason why, and I'm just speculating to that gentleman, I apologize for not being more diligent and having the right settings set so that I get notified all the time. And uh, if you want to request me again, I promise to be more diligent in checking the email that's coming from you. Meantime, I also got an email uh, request to add me to another prisoner's email list, and I have approved. So feel free to write me if you are that gentleman, Mr. Turner. I don't know if he wants his first name used. And uh, you can absolutely feel free to, uh, you know, write me with whatever your issue is. And if it's interesting, something we could use on the show, maybe we will. All right. Um, And if you're in prison right now uh, and you want to add me to your approved email list, frank.morano at redappleaudionetworks.com, request me. I'll be happy to approve you. We've gotten a lot of people out of prison and uh, we've, you know, we're working on getting a few people in prison. That do belong there, but so far we have not had any luck on that score. Okay, without further ado, for those of you who are incarcerated or not, it is time to go through... Email coming just moments ago. Tim writes, Frank, the subject, Jeffrey the lawyer. Frank, you should have Jeffrey on weekly. 
I love his no BS approach to the issues at hand. He has a platform for saying out loud what many Americans, in my opinion, are thinking and talking about. It was an excellent segment. Thanks, Tim from Minnesota. Hey, Tim, thanks for writing, and uh, I appreciate all the great new listeners we have gotten uh, in, from WCCO in Minneapolis. Please keep spreading the word out there for us in Minneapolis. We're hoping to have the same success out there ratings-wise that we've had in a lot of our other great cities. So please keep uh, spreading the word with any friends of yours, any family members that are up late in Minneapolis, and uh, tell them to check out the show. Julia writes, hi, Frank. Wonderful show tonight. As always, thank you. Suggestion, put your water bottle in the fridge with your car keys. Then you can't leave home without it. That is actually a good suggestion. When I get home today... I am putting my car keys adjacent to my water bottle. I don't I'm not going to put it in the refrigerator because it will, you know, it will just annoy my wife that there's one more thing cluttering up our refrigerator which is not so long. Uh, another person writes and Jeff is so good. This is candy. Keep him on for hours. Bob in Maryland however disagrees. Jeez, Frank. Another shallow-minded guest? Ridiculous point of view. Bob in Maryland. Again, different strokes for different folks. Uh, This is from my friend Danielle Johnson, who writes, If you could gold medal in any Olympic event, summer or, or winter, which would it be? Well, I mean, I think it's a ridiculous question, because obviously if I was a good enough athlete to gold medal in any sport at the Olympics... I would be doing that, but I'm not good enough. So if I could compete in any Olympic sport, I, um, you know, it would be one of the ones that I play actively, which, you know, is uh, really just, I think, ping pong. They're talking about adding pickleball to the Olympics, but uh, so far they're a ways away from doing that. So I, I do enjoy ping pong. I would enjoy the process of training for it, but... In my own tournament that I organize, which has 30 or 40 people, I don't even make it to the semifinals in my own tournament. So if I can't get there in my own tournament, I don't imagine I'm going to do very well on the Olympic stage. But if I had to pick one just for fun purposes, it would be it would be ping pong. Absolutely. Mark writes, hello, Frank. As someone with a bit of insomnia, I usually catch about 30 minutes of your radio program every night or early morning, to be specific. The AM signal from New York on 770 is very strong to Toronto and consistent most nights. Earlier this morning, Monday, February 19th, I caught your discussion with Richard Bay. Very interesting and informative. The reason I felt the need to comment is that in an ocean of right-wing AM broadcasters, including, for the most part, the station you're on, you're a breath of fresh air. I'm glad your station gives you the latitude to be a self-proclaimed Democrat and be 180 degrees out of phase with the likes of, and he mentions other talk show hosts, which I won't mention. As a liberal, I'm always interested in hearing from the right if the conversation is logical and truthful. Anyway, I'm sure the thoughts of a Canadian don't mean much to you and your professional life, but I wanted to congratulate you on being balanced and fair. Mark Johnson, Toronto, Ontario. Well, just to correct one thing, Mark, I'm not a Democrat. I've never been a Democrat or a Republican in my life. The only thing I've ever been is either an independent or a member of uh, minor parties. And 
For every email that I get saying that I'm a liberal or a Democrat, I get a whole bunch saying I'm a closet right winger and that I'm promoting all these right wing people. So, you know, you can't win sometimes. Barb writes on the subject of presidential libraries. Frank, you will love them. I've been to the libraries of FDR, Clinton and Truman. They're fascinating. When I travel with my tour group, whenever there's a glitch in our itinerary, our tour director has always found a nearby presidential library. Part of the library is historical, another part is personal. My travel group has also been to the Nixon and Reagan libraries. Rave reviews. In the presidential libraries is a replica of the Oval Office, and for $15, you can have your picture taken at the Oval Office desk. You'll also see their limos. Attached is a limo, a photo of my tour director in the Truman Oval Office. You'd look dynamite in these offices. I also attached a personal item from the Clinton Library. Add the libraries to your bucket list. The gift shops are pretty neat, too. Thank you. I will, actually. Lisa writes, on the subject of Richard Bay, Democratic partisan hack slash Trump hater. Hey, Frank, your guest Richard Bay thinks Fonnie Willis is articulate? Give me a break. I wonder how she passed the bar because she sounded very stupid and uneducated. She was extremely unprofessional and could not maintain her composure. Fonnie Willis has no proof she paid her portion of the five or six trips she took with her boyfriend in a six-month period with taxpayer money. Richard Bay should have known every real estate company in New York inflates their assets. That's why the banks do their own property evaluations. Banks do not just take whatever is on the application. They do their own investigations. The bank had no issues and was fully paid back with interest. Every real estate company in New York would have to be investigated for this issue. There was no fraud, no victim, and no one was deceived. Mar-a-Lago is estimated to be worth $1.2 billion. The assessed tax value and estimated sales value are always very far apart. Sorry, but your guest does not seem to be an expert on anything except maybe daytime talk shows. He's extremely partisan. He does not understand Trump. Trump has many successful businesses and a very successful presidency. His record speaks for itself. His personality is not the issue only to Democrats. I'm sorry you did not push back harder on Mr. Bay's ridiculous opinions. Have a wonderful President's Day and say hi to Rachel and Carmine. Kathleen writes on the subject of cat urine. Hi, Frank. I've been meaning to write you regarding the cat pee problem. The solution is nature's miracle from the pet store. Just saturate the fabric and let it dry. It really works to get rid of the smell. I have an extremely sensitive nose, and this worked when a cat went inside my car window and left his calling card. Give it a try. When you had the salon services party at uh, your friend John's house during COVID, you'd recommended a place for ices. Was it Rita's? I noticed one just opened two blocks from me here in Fleetwood, New York. If it's the same place, I will be stopping by. I remember the lemon ice was really good. Uh, Kathleen, no. Uh, the place was Ralph's. I'm not saying anything against Rita's, but there's just nothing like Ralph's Italian ices. It's the best in the world. Um... Kara writes, Dear Mr. Morano, recently I was shown a picture of you. I could only think how enchanting you are. Ooh, wow. That being said, your wife must be stunning and your beloved son sensational. I was prompted to alert you to the following, your skin condition and Carmine's scar. I have friends who have used both products with a high rate of success. Therefore, I'm attaching information about both problems. And she sends me um, some information on various skin care products. This is nice. This is actually a, an email from radio star Valerie Smaldone. 
She writes, who's been a guest on this show, and she's terrific. Hello, dear Frank. I hope all is well. I just watched slash listened to the entire interview with Jim McCann that he did with you. You were, as always, delightful to listen to, and Jim McCann did an outstanding job. I just wanted to let you know I caught it. I must be on an email blast from his company and saw that you were on his podcast, so I sat back and watched it. What I appreciate about your work is that you're so knowledgeable about so many topics and that while you have opinions, you're extremely fair. I want to wish you continued success with all you do. Congratulations again on a great appearance. I thought that was a um, really terrific interview, and it had very little to do with me. I I think it was mostly due to um, what Jim McCann had to say. I think he was really very well prepared. I thought it was really interesting. Um, this is from uh, someone who writes during during the Jeffrey Lickman interview. You're not going to like this. Please, from my heart, less praise and BS on the introduction. Please, you can say great things without overdoing it. A lot of the time, most of the time, the guest is happy and the listeners are confused as to why you thought your guest hung the moon. Jeff is super, and there's never enough time for him as far as I'm concerned, but I'm nauseous already with the infinite on and on. Just say brilliant attorney, so entertaining, controversial. Welcome, Jeffrey Lickman. The calligraphy and extra sauce not needed. Do the proof in the interview. And I adore you, really. Sorry if you hate me now. No, why would I hate you? I think uh, people, I'm flattered that you're listening. I'm happy that uh, that you're listening. And if you have feedback, that's why we welcome it. Uh, Absolutely. And that's why we have a whole Facebook post about it. Ellen, who's a prolific Facebook poster, one of the best, and one of the ones who always uses the best grammar in the Facebook group. There's nothing like being called an idiot by someone that's using the wrong definition, the wrong spelling of your or two. Ellen writes of yesterday's show, Hi, Frank. Two great guests and one great show. I just love this morning's show. Richard Bay is one of my favorite guests. I just love listening to him, even when I don't agree with him. I always feel that I can learn something from him or hear another perspective, which, of course, is incredibly valuable. He's so smart, knowledgeable, and witty, and you two have a terrific chemistry together. Thank you. I also found your other guest, Lindsay Shervinsky, who spoke about George Washington and Presidents Day to be very informative. She has a wonderful radio presence and was delightful. It was a great interview. Frank, I wanted to let you know that I just listened to your interview on Jim McCann's podcast. I remember when your association with him began not too long ago. Previously, I'd always been very annoyed with 1-800-Flowers because I felt they were putting local florists out of business. And to be perfectly honest, I felt their products were inferior to those of local florists. However... I've come around to seeing another side of him. I believe he's a very good person, one who puts his money where his mouth is regarding mental health and his work with Smile Farms. I'm truly inspired by this man. However, I still think I prefer to use local florists. Not only florists, not only that, but he was a terrific interviewer. He really did his homework. It was a thoroughly enjoyable hour. And by the way, I have never seen anyone as animated on a Zoom interview as you. And finally, uh, and she sent me a link to an um, Academy Award-nominated documentary that I have not yet seen, but I will check out. Yeah, I do move my hands a lot, and um, you know, maybe that's why I don't get asked more often to be on television, because I'm moving my hands with every syllable. I mean, and that's not just for show. I don't know how to stop that. I'm not going to try to stop. It's just, it's me, you know, so uh, that's, <laughs> that's why I'm not on TV anymore. Uh, Peter... Right. Uh, Friday morning, citing sources and social interactions. Frank, 
You did a Caitlin Clark in your footnoting of the source regarding social interaction and hanging out. With your intelligence, humor, and spunk, you are the radio equivalent of Jon Stewart. The spunk is reminiscent of comments once made by Lou Grant. Okay, I better stop myself now. You've developed a superb program, albeit without the $1,000 minute. First of all, Peter, um, yeah, the reason I cite sources is because a lot of times I'll read articles, and I always try to give the headline, I give the publication, and a lot of times I, I mention the writer as well. Um... And one time I read an article doing all those things, and basically a guy wrote to me, and I remember the show, I think it was on Thanksgiving morning, they wrote to me accusing me of just reading the article, which is what I did, and passing it off as if it was my own. And the last thing I would want to be accused of is plagiarism, even though I went back and listened to that segment that that guy complained about, and I gave proper attribution. The guy said it wasn't it wasn't um, it wasn't clear where the article began and my commentary began uh, where, where the article ended and my commentary began. That's what I do. I intersperse my commentary with all the articles I'm reading. That's the whole show. So sometimes I go overboard because that guy and most people don't, but that guy really got to me in terms of you know thinking that people might be uh, trying to um, think that I'm misleading them somehow in what's my commentary versus the article. All right, Dale writes, um, question for you. What two men and two women have potential for being Trump's choice for vice president? Well, it's a good question. Uh, look, the people that I would love to see him pick, are he'll never pick because I'm not that lucky, right? So I would love to see him pick Tulsi Gabbard, right? But that's not going to happen. As far as uh, who have potential to be his running mate, I think J.D. Vance in Ohio as a male is right up there. I think um, I think Tim Scott um, is on everybody's short list. As far as women, I think the safest choice is uh, Katie Britt. The senator from Alabama, I think uh, Christy Nome of South Dakota, also uh, a very safe choice for him, even if even with that scandal she was supposedly involved in with the love affair. And a lot of people do mention Sarah Huckabee Sanders from time to time as well. So uh, if uh, let me squeeze in one last one here, uh, but that's a good question. Uh, ja- oh, no, that's way too long now. Uh, a lot of people writing about the workplace refrigeration policy. Um, this is another cat. You- oh, well, no, no, here. Let me, I've been negligent in the text. All right. Igor from New Jersey texts, Frank, maybe the propensity of teachers getting involved with OnlyFans says something about teachers' salaries. Igor in New Jersey. Well, maybe. Maybe. I'm all for paying teachers more. No question about it. No doubt about it. All right. If we didn't get to your message today, hopefully we will on another edition of. The Other Side of Midnight. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? 
Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Side at midnight with Frank Morano. in some trouble these days. The son was just bailed out by um, by his father after he was arrested on gun charges. He was arrested and charged with uh, gun possession in New York City about a week ago. So clearly uh, seems like a very troubled young man who's kind of been involved with the wrong crowd over the years. Tony, very quickly, how many how many cousins do you have? We'll start with first cousins. How many first cousins do you have? It's three of us. Three. Well, including you? I'm sorry, say that again? Including you, that yeah. you said the three of us. It's, not, so you have it's four all together. Oh, so you have three. Yeah. Matt Blades, how many first cousins do you have? Two. Two. Okay. I have three. So, <clears throat> in, this was interesting. And we do actually have a lot of Canadian listeners. But I think it's interesting to extrapolate this to all over North America. Cousins are disappearing in Canada. And I'm not talking about their being kidnapped. The size of families are shrinking in Canada. And a new study shows that the biggest casualty of that is cousins. In 2095, assuming trends continue as they're continuing, the average Canadian 15-year-old girl will have 3.6 living cousins that is down, and I don't know if this is first cousins. This this study didn't specify firsts, as I just did with Tony and Matt Blaze. The average Canadian 15-year-old girl will have 3.6 living cousins, down from 15.3 in 1950. Can you imagine? So researchers are afraid that kids will miss out on important developmental stages without those relatives, like learning to make, I don't know, Fart sounds with your arm during funerals. Keep asking questions. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 